1: You're listening to Fox Sports
3: Radio. Radio. Baker Mayfield introduced as a Panther today. Tiger Woods criticizes live golfers before the British Open. And Donovan Mitchell apparently now available at the right price from the Utah Jazz. What is the Vegas lead?
4: You should know this, AJ. Everything is available at the right price. Fair enough. (laughs) I was listening to The Herd today on FSR, and it dawned on me, I can't believe I missed this. Is you know Colin, who we've been very mm, critical of in the following narrow way. Sam Darnold is horrible. He's been horrible for a long time, but you know Colin's been an optimist. Baker Mayfield, we all know that listen to the radio about sports is, and Colin's not a fan. Right? I never really dawned on me that Baker Mayfield could be the one to end Sam Darnold's career. Cause think about it if that'd be worst case scenario for comedy. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Uh And and right now we have the odds on it. The odds say that Baker Mayfield, who's gonna start in week one, week one, Baker Mayfield is seventy eight percent chance, minus four fifty. Darnold twenty two percent. Now keep in mind the odds of Sam Darnold starting week one are so much better than starting week eight no
3: doubt because i mean sam darnold like if you were ever going to say let's start the season with sam darnold let baker transition in baker's coming off a surgery in the off sam darnold understands the offense like this is yeah. a, this is the time when you would say let's go with what we got
4: until baker's totally comfortable and plus if there's a chance of baker truly imploding it would be if he throws four interceptions against the Browns. He, oh, yeah. Does he recover from that? Probably not. So, in a weird way, the fact it's only twenty-two percent the betting odds that Darnold starts week one means this is Baker Mayfield's job to not only win, but it'd be a, it'd be very unlikely he doesn't win it, and that means pretty much Sam Darnold is what no longer a he is he's a backup quarterback. He's no longer a viable starter in the NFL. Uh if he was before. Well he was perceived to be. Right. right. So in a way his it's the this is almost like a movie. The enemy the greatest the the enemy that you hate the most, that's Colin and, and I don't know, hate dislikes, doesn't like as an athlete. I don't think it's personal that not, you know, liking Baker and Baker's the one that puts the final sword into the heart of the football career metaphorically of Sam Darnold. That's fascinating to me. Let's start there.
3: All right, the like you said, the odds -450 for Baker Mayfield to start week 1 that although Carolina says it will be an open competition at quarterback. As opposed to what? As opposed to Close. Baker Mayfield's the starter. <laughs> yeah. Sam has to. Sam, Sam will only be there if Baker gets hurt.
4: It was funny. I listened to some of the press conference today, and Darnold or Baker Mayfield was talking about how he's used to these revenge games. He goes, "Well, you know, I've gone. You know, when I went from college to college, is what he said. I would then play the, you know, Texas Tech, you know, whatever." See, maybe that's a bad thing. You know, the fact he's talking about like this might be his third revenge game, and he's like twenty five years old. Maybe it's a sign of something, but it does bring in the question: How? Let's use you, Scott, as an example. When you came from Nebraska and then went to New York at whatever age that was, I think it was like twenty two. Right? Is last year? I mean, listen, Omaha. You were Warren Buffett, big fan, but but here's the question: Is at age 25, what were you, how mature were you compared to now? Oh, it's not even close. I mean, you look back and cringe at some yeah, of the stuff, right? Absolutely. To what disadvantage, I mean, to what degree do we have to give some sympathy to these athletes? I get it, they're rich. So, to some degree, you can say they make the money, it's worth But their entire brand, their entire, like, who is this person in the universe, in our society, is dictated by the narrative. Sam Darnold's narrative is going to be a losing a quarterback that was inept, a at, bust. A bust at the NFL level. But you know what? Even so, Sam Darnold's probably one of the 100 best, I don't know if he's one of the 100 best, but he's probably one of the 100 best quarterbacks. Walking the earth, how many people are in a top 100 at anything that matters? Not many. So, in a way, he's been it's been a great accomplishment to Mm -hmm. get here. He's made millions of dollars, but he's a bust. What's even worse is if someone's actions, like Kyrie, Kyrie's what we act like he's 50 years old. Kyrie's what 30? Check it out, Mackenzie. I think he's like 30. I wasn't all that. And when did he say the world is flat? When he was 26. Yeah. (laughs) It's like we judge these athletes so harshly, and I get it. They should be judged. They're adults, but there has to be a way to evolve away from that brand, and especially when it's a bad one. And I'm just not sure if Baker Mayfield, like, is Baker Mayfield going to be given the chance to
5: do that. It's even harder in the NFL because the NFL is such a week to week sport that we change the narrative every single week. I mean, let's not, I mean, we all forget. Let's go back last season. The first three weeks of the year, the Panthers were 3 and 0, and Sam Darnold was an elite quarterback. He threw for over 300 yards. Well, he, in his, his first performance three games. looked yeah, elite. That's yeah. what I'm saying. His first, he threw for over 300 yards. Remember, he had four rushing touchdowns in his first three games, right? Something like that. So they were 3 and 0, and everyone was, people were hammering them against the Dallas Cowboys, taking the points.
4: In the following game. Remember that line was like if I recall three and a half or four. Yeah. Dallas at home against Carolina week four. They were saying Dallas was a smidge better than Carolina. That you know, a point or so bad that was it. That obviously wasn't the
5: case, and then obviously Sam Darnold comes back down to earth, and we all know him to be the quarterback that we expected him to be when the Jets traded. Him.
4: But you're not a Sam Darnold truther, right? You realize this guy is not a good quarterback. I'm just saying. I just, the I'm asking. Week to I'm week. asking though. Are you saying those three games are they representative of something that if only the right scenario happens, we can see his great talents
5: exert themselves upon the world? No, two of those wins were against the
4: Jets and the Texans. Okay, so you're not a big Sam Darnold guy. No.
5: I think once you hit a certain level of success, people
3: tend to sort of move on from your past transgressions. I think a great example. Really, when does that happen? So, Give me th- an example of that. Cam Newton. Okay. Cam Newton, when he came into the league, was a guy who had to transfer out of Florida because he stole a laptop. Everybody, I mean, he was a criminal.
4: So you thought Sam Newton coming into New England, well, had a good brand? I think he had a better brand than he did coming uh, into the league. But did he have a fair brand? I mean, because I think there was a t- that a fumble in the Super Bowl that he didn't apparently go as hard for it. Him wearing the goofy hats, or at least in my opinion, the goofy hats in the press conferences after the Super Bowl. You know, it, it it seems like losing the biggest game of your life to have even an hour of frustration carried with him the rest of his. I mean, to this day, it seems like the only thing helping Newton at all is that that Belichick was such a fan of his. Right? And he was such a team player. I mean, if you're going to get an endorsement from someone.
3: And I guess maybe Cam Newton's a guy who's had sort of a roller coaster, you know, from being a guy who was.
4: Uh... But when was it? When was the. When Cam Newton won the MVP? Well, not saying. There's a difference between. Let's look at Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Yep. Would you say, in general, if you ask 100 football fans how good Lamar is. You're going to get some disparate answers. No doubt, he ended up out of the top ten of ESPN's most recent kind of poll. It feels like there's a there's a societal, there's a racial, but it's not even racial. I think there's a cultural element to this. When a player shows up in a press conference and he seems different than someone you could sit and have beers with, could I sit and drink with it? Middle America just says that guy's an alien. I don't get you know, I don't get him, and we don't like people we can't we don't understand as a, as humanity. I think, right? I mean, look at there's a lot of rappers. Mackenzie's a person of color. There's a lot of rappers Mackenzie loves that the average middle American is going to say, "What's with that?" Right? And it's one culture versus the other. Right? Is that true, Mackenzie? Sure. Who would be an example of that? Kanye West. Yeah, but see, Kanye's one where then he went with the pro-Trump stuff, and then a lot of people in his original cohort weren't a fan of it. Like you get a lot of this with Kanye, man, lately. But I loved him, right? That that beca- that's what you hear a ton of, true, right? True. So it's like we all like Kanye was one of the most important cultural figures in the black community in the hip hop community. Politically, didn't go with the party line, and now he's like, "Oh, he's crazy." You know, maybe he's got, Maybe we should empathize. This is what people say: we should empathize with his mental illness. Yeah, I don't know. It gets complicated. Uh, I mean, in New York, for example, uh, there's a, a real culture, or there's a real cult of personality around a guy like Jeter, uh-huh. right? A lot of that has to do with. And let me ask you: that he was relatable. Even though in truth he was living a different life with the gift baskets and all that, he was relatable to the
5: fans, right? Sure, you know, he was well spoken, carried himself. His father was a doctor, you know, and and yeah, Jeter represented everything that you wanted in a leader. So if Jeter was exactly what he was on the field. But was
4: a guy like you know, let's say a hardcore hip hop type who was you
5: know just being different than let's say mid or New York typically. Well, you can just say he was Alex Rodriguez taking pictures of himself and kissing a mirror and posing topless in Central Park and you know. <laughs> yeah, A Rod's personality certainly wasn't beloved, but in a way, his personality is like one of
4: one. Yeah. Like, you know, it's almost like him and maybe Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. That's a good one. But that was the only ones that had that. Maybe like Kurt Henning as a wrestler, but it was like. There wasn't many guys like like A Rod's a whole different species almost like but like I just feel like we shy away from the fact that so much of this is about can we think it would be fun to have a beer with the guy and and that makes it so if someone's different they're intrinsically going to be crit or at least not embraced and to me if that thing that causes you not to be embraced is something that was the case when you were 23, but it's not the case when you're 30, how do we try to evolve? as? A, even if we accept that we're, it's okay to not want to embrace someone different, which we can debate that, if he changes, grows up, shouldn't we wrap our arms around that? Because that's what we hope for, right? People changing in a good way. Mm-hmm. But what athletes can we say, we thought he was a punk, but now nah, we love him? Straight out of be sure to catch live
3: editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
2: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker. For 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport, whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday. So do yourself a favor and listen to inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeart radio app or wherever you get your podcast.
1: Covino and rich here. And whether you're headed to a campus to see some college baseball, meet up with old friends,
4: So, Baker Mayfield, 78% chance to start game one for Carolina, 22% Sam Darnold. Cleveland favored by one at Carolina week one. The NFL, very forward-looking. They thought this could happen. We'll probably get into Jimmy G and what it means with him being the last viable quarterback left. But we're going to talk about a quarterback who may not be viable this season, Deshaun Watson. Now, Ryan Rosillo has a podcast on the Ringer Network, and he had Albert Breer on just today or yesterday. I can't remember. And there's some points that I thought were good enough that we wanted to share with you. Now, the first one talks about how the NFL is some of their actions are a sign that they're not as confident in this case as they may be trying to portray. Let's listen.
7: The NFL is savvy enough from a PR standpoint where if they felt like they had an airtight case, they would keep quiet and let the process play out, confident they were going to get their year or their indefinite suspension. The fact that they got their side of the story out there so aggressive tells me they aren't comfortable with the way that all this is going. And they feel like it's important that everybody else knows like we wanted a year out there. Okay, so Albert Brewer there. Now,
4: what's that saying? That's saying pretty much what I said on air, yep. which was the idea that they're getting this out there. We have a draconian desire for a year. A year, we don't want less than a year, no matter what. That makes them look like they're not being soft, the NFL, on. This quote-unquote crime, or this, from a, from a this PR infraction, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, that's yeah, the look of it, right? What is PR? Is perception, yep. right? So now this is a shorter clip, but I think this one is fascinating. And there's actually been an update to since this, this. But this was Breer talking about how, of all the cases, and remember when the when the New York Times came out and there were 66 supposed infractions or cases or people who were not cases, but people who said this happened to them. Well, how many of them do you think the NFL put forward in this try or in this hearing, I guess? Let's listen to Brer.
7: I also know that they only brought the cases of five of the 66 women, four of the 24 that sued and then another woman on top of that. And I do think that Watson's side and the union feel comfortable with where they're at, that this is not an open and shut case. But,
4: Mackenzie, we had
7: news today. Yes, Pro Football Talk said the fifth woman's claim, we're told, may have been solely based on a media report. And reportedly, Robinson, the judge, is not considering it. Now, so,
3: when it, he said the four, the four uh, that have
7: pending suits
3: and another woman? Yes. It sounds like that other woman is now out.
4: And that other woman drove the New York Times article. Presumably, that's the woman, yeah. Is it presumably? I,
3: I, they haven't named the names of the five women. Well, the, the first five of all, cases. the women
4: didn't name her name in the New York Times. True. And what did I say at the time? That you don't you don't think it's you don't think
3: it's anything. No, it's, no.
4: I'm saying if a person doesn't want to put their name up there, and we don't have any other information, we can't know that it's not true. But the to idea to act like we know it is is absurd. Because you can't you're not being able to face your accuser. Yeah. I mean, and again, there's reason. There's good reasons someone might not want to face their. Be faced by their, uh, the accused, or as the accused, you don't want to be faced. It, it, you don't think you can handle it. Let's say your, your emotional state. Let's say you got kids, and you don't want them. There's all reasons that are valid. It doesn't mean that because you don't want to face be faced, that 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 you're wrong or lying. But it, it it does open up the question as what's really what really is the truth. And now we're down to four cases that the NFL believes are worth putting out there to make their case of a suspension. And isn't it? are we sure it's the same four that are still remaining in litigation?
3: We don't know for sure, but because okay. they because of the way they said it that one was based solely on a media report, we assume that's the one.
4: Okay, yeah, I agree. We assume the New York Times driver the story that drove that story or the um, uh, the the background accusations. Drove the New York Times story that that's probably the fifth case. I agree with that. But the four cases that they still are, the NFL is still kind of behind, saying this is why he deserves punishment. Are we sure those are the four cases that's yet to be settled? We do not. Okay. I would think it is, but we don't know. Finally, It's something else I talked about, which was this setup that the NFL has to say, we're not going to be the final decision-maker on penalties, but rather we're going to have a judge do it. It was a way for the NFL to seem really tough in what they wanted to be the penalty. But in truth, the penalty ends up being less, and they can say, we tried. Let's listen to Brewer talk about
7: that. The owners have been pretty forthright over the last few years about wanting to get out of the business of being judge, jury, and executioner. And that was part of why they negotiated this process. It'd be a little weird if the first high-profile case like this with an arbitrator that you brought in is completely disregard what she says. The NFL has its cake and eats it too by saying, we wanted a year you get that side of the story out there. And then if it comes in a little bit lower than that, you say, well, we have to respect this process that we negotiated a couple of years ago. So, we're not happy about it, but we're going to go forward with what Sue Robinson decided to do. That's Albert Breer on the Ryan Rosilla podcast. Mackenzie, you got 30 seconds to marvel at
4: my predictions.
7: It's amazing because this is news reports, but I was not surprised by any of it because I heard on this very show exactly what you're saying, how they were going to go for a year, but they were going to accept whatever Robinson came back with. AJ, you got some time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you,
3: you, we've, we've talked about
4: this a lot. That, that We talked about well, it. You and I discussed it. I talked it. about it, and you nodded. RJ said <laughs>
3: that the, the NFL can look like they're trying to be tough, and at the end of the day, say,
5: listen, we tried our best. It's out of our hands. So, you think more likely that the NFL does not appeal as opposed to Deshaun Watson appealing?
4: I think his point, Breer, is good. If you do it the first time, mm-hmm. then what does any of it man what is if, if, if this is Especially the time as the
5: appeal goes to goodell at
0: bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field